a lot of us get so locked up into fretting over what we've done that we don't take action. How do you access this universal set of energies? And you're going, well, you've got to get rid of the chatterbox. But we've forgotten it. We suffer amnesia because the way the world is preparing us, it's preparing us for a materialistic life. In the room with 52 Jokers Wild. We were talking about audacity last week. And this week we started to go on the theme of uncertainty and what that actually means. Now, we've both been exploring different texts and you've now got, Gavin, the... Uh, the artist way and you're reading another book so you were telling me a short time ago some of the things some of the key things that were coming out of that first chapter in, in reading in the artist way i just like would you would you like to explore that again i haven't even read the first chapter in the artist way i, I i'm on the preface i'm actually yes actually the preface yeah. and in the preface i really really like um this one little quote called uh, shadow artists are gravitating to their rightful tribe but cannot yet claim their birthright. I urge them to step forward out of the shadows and into the sunlight of creativity. So this, to me, how I am uh, aligning with that is, I've always felt I was creative. My sisters are create like artists. My father was an artist. I was a bullshit artist, but never quite, you know, always creative in my mind, but not on paper, necessarily on paper or a song or a dance or, or writing a book. But I think it's now time to, to get rid of the chatterbox and the fear and let myself explore those ideas and see where my, my brain and creativity goes. So I am the shadow artist. And I, I, I actually, the chatterbox, I think, was preventing me from becoming the artist. So it's like a formula. To, if you're an artist, it's you're one with the universe, if that makes sense. If you're a shadow artist, you're less than an artist and the fear is the other part of the equation of the, which is the which is the what's in the chatterbox stopping you stepping forward and if i can turn that, if well, I, can I, think, just... I think yeah i think what was quite interesting there is that you're talking about the shadow artist and one of the problems is that when i started to learn my art i was young i was a youngster and i was doing it at school and i enjoyed what was going on and i was being motivated by the art teacher but the other side of it we were being told what do you want to do You've got to now align yourself into that thing that will actually tailor you for the rest of your life. And you, a few moments ago, were talking about the experience that your daughter was having. I This, for me, was 40-odd years ago, maybe 50 years ago. Tell me a little bit about what was happening with your actually, daughter. Actually, myself and my daughter are now aligning because she's uh, in fifth year in school and has to shortly... Uh, fill in the appropriate forms to apply to whatever she wants to apply to in college for uh, for nearly over a year away. But the time is now. You have to be aligning uh, probably 18 months in advance of what you want to choose in college. And literally, she's jumping from science to to, to, to acting to 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 medicine to maths to actually to theoretical physics, which is fantastic. A bit of, a bit of Stephen Hawking going on there now. I like that, but. At the same time, all of these are radically different. And, like, she can be Superman or Superwoman in terms of films, or she can be a lab technician in, in, in a science lab in a, in a white coat, well-paid, but a job in a box, in a room, and, and not surrounded by people. And it's, a, it's an equal choice at the moment, and it's not really equal. Because is it aligning with your inner... You don't know. And knowing is... Actually, this is what the journey of these books is about. Knowing is 
what helps you open the universal flow of creativity to you. And the problem is, we don't know. I, I think actually that's, that's something that's quite crucial because what these books are actually telling us to do in many ways is to face the unknown, the uncertainty. And, and that's what is, because of what we're taught at school, we're taught that we have to be certain about what we're going to do. We have to be certain that we get a pension. We have to be certain that we can afford to buy a car. We have to be certain about all these things. And we've got to be certain of how to generate the income that can do that. And then we're actually aligned because we have to make choices. Choices far too early, I think, as, as a youngster, as a 14-year-old, far too early to make those choices when we haven't had a chance to explore what the world could actually offer. Actually, there's an, that's an interesting thing now because I was meant to be reading The Artist's Way, but I hadn't arrived. It was three weeks before I arrived. And in the interim, my wife got another book and I really like this one. And, it's, and I didn't think I would. It's Deepak Chopra's Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And actually, it's a, one hour, it's a pocket book, a one-hour read. And I sat down while waiting on the other book and read it in an hour. I went, my God, everything is aligning. The whole seven secrets are everything we've been talking about in the last seven weeks. And, and the very first chapter, I went back to it and I said, I'll just look at the first one. And what it's talking about is the, the universal field. And what the universal field is, is is pure potentiality. The universe is full of pure potentiality and infinite creativity and all possibilities. And, and, but we're part of the universal consciousness, and, but we're, we haven't funneled any of that to ourselves. We have all the potential of this universal consciousness that can seep into our consciousness, but we don't know how to tap it. Now, there's something very interesting about that because we're also, we, we've discussed in the past this sense of the imposter, and the reason how we feel like the imposter in a certain situation, you, you know, we were talking about you being a filmmaker and you're kind of going, but, but I'm not, I'm an imposter. And you kind of go, well, well, hang on. And I know my wife has felt that when she got moved up the ladder, she felt that, oh, everybody will find out I really don't know about my job. And that's because we're all being told that we have to be experts, but we're not certain. And so we keep thinking we have to go back and re-educate and relearn something. And we're always kept to this base level. We're always told, oh, no, no, that information there doesn't help you. And you kind of go, but it does, because I'm now here, not, not there. I'm building on this platform. And what happens is you keep going and say, okay, you want to do psychology or you want to do coaching or you want to do, you've now got to go and get a master's degree in that qualification. I'm kind of going, but all I'm going to be studying in those different areas are the same people that I've studied already in media, in, in teaching, and all those sort of areas. And I'm sure you've actually found that, Gavin, in the areas that you've been working at. You're moving from being, you said, as an accountant, we've been dealing with lots of corporates into the world of filmmaking. But the processes and principles are, are the same. You don't know there's an uncertainty, but you've got enough knowledge to help you move forward in that area. Actually, the great thing about... Um Again, Chopra's book is saying, align with the universe, be one and be, con be one with it and be conscious of all the potential. And, and that's why I'm suddenly realizing I've got, you know, am I a filmmaker? I've never made a film. No, this journey of I am is like what we started off last year was we, I recognize and we recognize what we're not. We had we 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 were what we were based on how things turned out and the journeys that we took because of choices made at, at school, at, at university, at need for a job and pay a bill. And these were the, once we went on those paths of 
I studied uh, marketing. Then I ended up becoming an accountant. When I was an accountant, I got a job as an accountant. I didn't get a job as a technician in a lab. I was, you, you were on that set of paths that led to these more limited choices. But you accepted those limited choices. Now I'm suddenly realising I didn't have to. They were the choices that if you wanted to keep on playing that role. But at any time, you could have been a filmmaker, you could have bought a camera, you could have, at the same time, been an accountant and a filmmaker. Not a filmmaker in the sense of being Steven Spielberg and having the accolades and having the audience. But in terms of the functionality, all you needed was a camera, go outside and start rolling, and you're a filmmaker. And I think the thing is that what, what was happening was that you were being pushed into what was considered to be certain to create certainty and all it would do is it was certain that you would you would you'd get a job you'd get a car you'd get a house you'd get married you'd have kids you'd retire you'd get some grandchildren hopefully and then you'd die that was the certainty that they were giving you as a representation of what this life could actually be what we're really discovering and what youngsters i think discover at a very early age when their imaginations to take off because they're closer in their connection like even even a Christian is told, be like a child, be small, be open to all possibilities. We can now be all, and all the text that we're reading from whatever source that we're, we're discovering is saying is to be fulfilled. You have to open yourself up and align, as you said, with the universe, align with whoever it is that you you've want to follow. And there's nothing wrong with any of those sort of things, really. Because then what you're starting to do is you're tuning into what's, what's actually meaningful and in, in many cases what's real. Because we're in a, in a conduit, a bit like the Matrix, if we're going back to kind of filmmaking idea, that we're, we're, we're being stuck into a factory. And in that way, it was to generate energy. We have lots and lots of energy, but it's all being pumped in a certain way that we don't necessarily benefit. Not that we should benefit, but that we get the value out of it. We have meaning in our lives is what we're trying to, to, to uh, accomplish. And that is through, as you say, Actually, aligning with the universe... Yeah seeing where we can actually go, opening our minds up to the uncertainty of what this world is and seeing amazing possibilities. And that's both Chopra, pretty much first chapter in the, in the little pocketbook, and uh, Julia Cameron are both saying this exact same thing, is saying the, 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 crea- the, the universe, the creator of all, like effectively is 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 the universal consciousness. It, it, it contains all possibilities, infinite creativity. It's if we can be adapt, like um, call on the energy of the of the universe, that let's actually tap into as you're saying the flow. We want to f- get some of the energy and flow of the universe and and f- be the conduit in ourselves to materialize. It's actually to manifest. Using the language again, is the the universe is the unmanifested. You know, it's it's all possibility, all potential. And if we can sort of align, just be, be quiet, be still, let the universe in. We can tap into this universal flow of energy and manifest what it is we need or want or create. Or just, so, but we have to give this intent to the universe. Go, this is what we'd like. Get rid of the chara box, the brain. Just be in the moment, be a being, no, and be a true spirit, and let the universal consciousness flow through us. And then it's actually, what that actually says next is knowing. It's becoming knowing that this is more right and knowing what we want to be is what true success actually is and being and rather than the ego, if that makes sense. Yeah, in the being, you, you said uh, uh, being and you said to be. be. To be is the verb and to be is I am, which we've talked about. I am 
she is, he is, we are, they are, and all that. It's na- it's the being in the now, and we're supposed to be human beings in the now. And a lot of us get so locked up into fretting over what we've done and being fearful of the future that we don't take action. But if we can be in the now, in the I am, this is I am now, you take actions based on what's there at the present and are open to all possibilities. They may be uncertain. And I, I know I've had friends and relatives come to me and say, do you know what? I want to do this. Do you think it's the right thing? I'm not sure. I just don't know. And you can hear their chitter chatter about it. It's not kind of going, well, what do, you, what do you want to do now at this moment? Well, I thought I'd just try that. Well, then go and do that. That's what you're being presented with at this moment. Do the things that come to you at this moment. Because if something, if a crisis occurred at this point, and we often have crises, we don't think about it. We, we react and we help to solve the problem that's then going on. If someone has an accident, we try and take them to the hospital. Do you know what I mean? Actually, that, Carry on, yeah. That, what, what, no, no, what, like, what's popped into my mind there is, is like, again, from both books, success is, success is knowing who we really are. What you just said a second ago when you were asking this person or hypothetical person, they says, I don't know. And, and then you're going, what? and then if a crisis happens, they just do and act. So the subcontract, what happens is certainty of that crisis is in front of them and they, they step up to, to, to react and do what's required of that moment in the now based on the certainty of, of what's there. But when there's nothing there, you're asking the question, what will make you happy? I don't know. I know, well, I, w- I might win the lottery, I buy a car. No, okay, beyond the material thing and the ego, what will make you happy? I don't know. What career do you want? I don't know. I, I yeah. mean, I, I choose one over another, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, based on limited circumstance and knowledge and, and, and what's availability. And people are getting stressed out because they're being put under that pressure to determine what they should know, <clears throat> which they can't possibly know. But the knowing and the being in the now, that moment is actually to be at rest, to be at peace. Actually, there you go. Back to the same definition. Success is knowing who we really are. And that's back to the same verb. Knowing who we really are is knowing now. It's it's being and knowing, and therefore you're now successful because the trappings of wealth and ego in any moment don't actually mean anything. You can't just grab the car and do something with it. It's that that's, the car is not you. The, the money in your pocket's not you. It's an externalization of you. It's, a, it's an ego sort of uh, characteristic. The, your, the you is inside in, in, in terms of spirit and true spirit and knowing is you're aware I'm wearing a nice, a nice you, sorry, Hugo Boss suit. I know I'm sitting in a Rolls Royce. I know I'm going on a holiday and the family are in the back. But inside my head, I'm just being. I'm being in that moment on a journey wearing clothes in a car going on a holiday in terms of activity and, and external characterizations but in, ter- in terms of spirit is the spirit going on a journey it just happens to be in a car it happens to be in a body it happens to be in a vessel sitting beside your family and friends but at the same time what's that spirit doing hopefully it knows it's happy because it's doing these things with the ones it loves and it's healthy and wise and 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 happy in the moment they haven't got to where they were going the car is traveling at 80 miles an hour but you're happy you're happy in that moment knowing being there was it was a great peter sellers film one of the last ones that he actually made and he wasn't conscious of all the problems that people had but he, he was there. He was going on. It was kind of being there, 
just being in the moment, enjoying the moment. Now, you were talking about uh, the riches and things, and, and, and I, I was looking through something or, or wrote something down in my little morning uh, pages, and it was actually to do with Midas, the Midas touch. Midas wanted to be rich and want everything he touched to turn to gold, and it did. But unfortunately, his family also turned to gold, and he lost their spirit. He killed them. He corrupted them through his wish of wanting everything to turn to gold. But what he re didn't realize was that everything he had was his riches, his family, the people he was with, and being there in the present was the richest. Everything decays. I, I have a camera that I spent a lot of money on a few years back, and I, I use it regularly. It's one of my tools. And the other day, it just stopped working. Now it's a brick. It may as well be a brick. It has no more functionality because it's no longer usable. So everything decays. We decay. But spiritually, that doesn't decay. That's universal. It's everlasting. It's timeless. And I think that's what, if we can get into the now and into the present, we're no longer worried about time. We're actually spiritually at peace because we can cope. And that's where you don't need to know at that point. You can just rest. You can, actually, I suppose you don't need to know at all at that point. You just know need to know at that point that you're happy in the now and you're on a new you're on a journey of of that's back to our language of the power of now and like every moment is just a new now but the chopra is saying how do you access how do you access this universal set of energies how do you know and you're going well you've got to get rid of the chatterbox stop trying to think so how do i know you're asking questions of nothing and nobody you're going you 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 will know if you tune out to tune in. To be, so if you tune out the chatterbox, you're now tuned into the stillness. You're opening the flow of the universe into your mind. And whatever starts to seep in is in this stillness is actually part of the universal uh, consciousness. And that you're taking some of the universal conscious awareness and bringing it into yourself. So you might suddenly in that moment become aware of a, of a blade of grass growing, aware, aware of a bird tweeting in that moment, aware of the fact that you're sitting in a field or sitting in a car, you're alone or not alone. And what will start to happen is what was important. You're, you might remember your family, you're at home, and that's where you're going and, and, and smile. But it's, you're not worrying about the bills that were in your head a second ago. You're just, you're just becoming aware of the now and you're becoming part of the knowing. And you're becoming, your, your chatterbox is becoming sort of silence and, and, let, and the fear chatter is moving away. And you're getting closer to the stillness of your true self, of your spirit. And you're actually nearly communing with the inner you and, and, and having a little chat with it as to, well, I'm happy. Well, I'm happy. And the creator. I like this. You know. <laughs> yeah. And well, again, the voice, you go, the power now on the voice. The voice might be, the voice is you, but the voice might be just uh, reflecting the creator. Now, the creator is in, in Julia Cameron's book. She's saying, don't get caught up with the word God and creator and this. Because now, we had an interesting conversation yesterday on that head, and which brought back into science fiction on the base of, you know, how great that we think we are that we're at one with a god or a creator as a set of beings of energy that if we're not alone in the universe little old et and his greys and his whites and his lizards all are made of energy with external vessels that ultimately are ten thousand years more advanced than us in technology and surely they know who the creator is or some other element of it or have the same one or another variant of. But if the universe is the energy... 
Yep, there was the interesting story of uh, contact. Do you remember contact with Judy, uh, Judy Foster? Uh, and they, they create a machine that allows her to go through the heavens, through space, through to multiple galaxies, all sorts of things. And she begins to meet a being who is represented to her as her father. And she starts to ask questions about, you know, are you, are you our creator? And he says, no, we're just someone on the same kind of journey that you are. We have all this technology. And then she's dropped back into the moment. And it turns out that everything she just experienced, which was 18 hours worth of travel from her perspective, was just this moment, this moment in time. Nobody else saw it and nobody else believed anything she had to say. But she went from being just a scientist to suddenly realizing that it was more to the universe than what her perceptions and, were. And that's what I like. If of all, actually, I was watching a program on TV last night. Again, it was one of these UFO files and talking about Roosevelt and, and Roswell and, and the fact that when we entered the atomic age, there seemed to be an awful lot of more strange discs in the sky being recorded much more regularly because when they tested the atom bombs and possibly blew up Hiroshima and Nagasaki, it could be seen from space. It was harnessing, the energy was harnessing the sun and sent out the messages to other beings if they were so out there that they are saying, we're entering the atomic age, the nuclear age, we're a danger to ourselves and others, <clears throat> but at the same time, we're entering the space race. We're becoming aware at a level of consciousness that we're not alone and we're reaching out to the stars or maybe we will or we won't but we're saying at the same time we've the capability to destroy life and nearly create an element of life from cloning to different parts of technology and, and, and rebuild bits of organs but not necessarily recreate spirit well what i don't think we, we can give life yes that and i think that's interesting actually because... i just i gotta draw on it one more time because Let's say you cloned, it was, you, you took an egg, you took a sperm, you put them together and you, you, grew, a, you grew a baby in a test tube and, it, and actually we, we are there. The difference is the spark of life when it kicks into gear. I think that then draws on the spirit from the universal energy field and ignites and then allows that being to then have a spirit and it's just occupying a body or a vessel in terms of the organic uh, like parts well, what, what's interesting is because we got onto that idea yesterday of of um, from from a, a certain religious perspective, there is the sense, and most religions have it that 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 there will be an end of time, and we were talking about time and being in the moment and sort of traveling through time. We were also we we talked about the Christopher Reeves you know film about where he he basically gets into a meditation and travels back to the 18th, 19th century, the 1850s. But he didn't need a time machine. He didn't need a physical thing. He was able to do that through, through his own mental abilities. One of the things that I was thinking about, because we were, we were getting into that kind of idea of the moment, and we'll get back into the sci-fi thing, was that if you switch down certain... Uh, we have five senses. If you start to switch down, let's say, the sight, and you listen, and you use the, the, your listening... You suddenly, I know we did a kind of meditation uh, a few years back, and what happened was I was listening to the birds and the bees and the, and the leaves, the, tr the wind going through the leaves, and then my sense of feel heard a droning noise, and I became aware that there was a ship coming into Lahn Harbour, and it was just this full vibration of everything. A bumblebee flew past, and it sounded like a massive great big aircraft with its buzzing bees, and you could feel the vibration of air the waves that were coming through. So in that sense, we can start to see how the world, the universe is actually talking to us 
through what's around us if we can just stop and listen. Actually, there's what's coming back into my mind is, and I think it's Deepak again, first chapter in his little pocket book, and I may be paraphrasing or quoting, but you are the universe. You are consciousness. You are all manifested and unmanifested. So if, if, if we can become one with the universe, then you can travel, not necessarily in time. It's like saying the one where we're, that we're talking about as this one is our energy field. It's us, our pure energy. It's not the body. The body is not going to lift up and beam up, beam down. The, light, the word beam up, beam down, I think is the right terminology in terms of the Star Trek of it's what's beaming up and down. It's the ones and zeros. It's the waveforms. It's the energy field of the individual. If we take that part of it, then we're saying if we become still and the one, they say masters of, of yoga and whatever, you know, sort of can actually transcendental meditate or can do, you know, can, can leave the body and the mind can travel and go visit locations of past, present and future or uh, like abroad and further afield in a different universe and multiverse. So you're going, what can actually travel is, is, is energy. And if you think of, I think, I think you mentioned something yesterday, but you'll probably mention it again in a minute, is if, 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 if a, a, pair, a twin is abroad and, and, and the twin dies, then the, twin instantane- the other twin instantaneously knows that there's something happened to their counterpart. That, that did this distant meant, meant nothing. It was instantaneous feeling in, or registration in this energy wave that something distance meant nothing. And that distance also means nothing in terms of there's atoms or certain sort of physics out there that says, you know, something can resonate on this side of the universe. It's like the butterfly effect, and it resonates on the other side of the universe instantaneously. These these particular um, sort well, of inter- ar- inter- protons that, or whatever they are. Yeah, <laughs> um, Peter. I think it's Peter Fenwick is uh, is a psychologist is is a neurophysician uh, and a neuropsychiatrist, uh, and he's been exploring what happens to people uh, close to death uh, and. What he's disco- what he was discovering was that there was he's trying to be evidence based, but he's starting to see that there's a kind of spiritual element. And one of the stories he was saying was that a, a lady in Australia suddenly had a vision or, or was aware of her son, uh, and he was wet. He she saw her. He was wet and said, "Look, don't worry, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Don't be worrying about me." So she rang London. She was in Australia. She she rang London and discovered that her son had just drowned. And, but she was aware of um, her son. The other thing is that they'd also been talking about clocks. Now, I've got, a, I've got an old-fashioned clock in, in my log cabin here that's ticking away. It's a mechanical what, clock. And quite often when somebody dies, the clocks stop. Now, he was asking the question, well, what about the digital clocks? Do they stop? And he discovered they did. Now, one of the traditions in Ireland, uh, my wife was saying, is that they the people uh, uh, normally stop the clocks because they're so used to the clock stopping. And, I, and she said, maybe that's really what's going on. I said, but what if it's the other way around? What if the people have got used to the clock stopping that when they don't, they actually stop because they're used to that that myth or that cultural thing that's actually happening to them? And that becomes an important part of it, that part of our – it doesn't matter what culture we're coming from, whether we're in the West or whether we're in the East – we're given cultural figures that we suddenly start to see close to death. And he was talking about the fact that two weeks before people die, they often get a premonition. And it's to give them the two weeks to prepare and to give up 
on the things that they because they know they're going to die. Give up on the and ego. Give up on the materiality. The physical. Yeah, the physical, absolutely. To go to true spirit. Now, earlier Actually, on, you, we, you we were, were talking, talking about, about the spirit. Yeah, You're talking about it. just just want to give you something. We're talking about discovering whether we're connected to the universe. The reality is is that we're all connected. We're all connected spiritually, but we've forgotten it. We suffer a amnesia because as we go through the world, the way the world is preparing us, it's preparing us for a materialistic life that we forget the spiritual. And then you get to a certain point in life later on, hopefully we found it more recently, that we are actually spiritual and we begin to realize that we can give up on those materialistic things. I'm now starting to think about it. Garvin's been plugging away like mad to tell me to get rid of my books. My wife are telling me to do that. Actually, I'm no, I'm saying the opposite now. I'm starting to eat and drink the books. Things. Yeah. But I think, I think the realization is that some of the material things, they do clutter your back. It's like the Pilgrim's Progress. The character goes through the story with a big bundle on his back, and it's just basically trying to give up and realize he doesn't need to be dependent on that. That uncertainty, we think we need to be certain of certain things, and we cling to objects to make sure that we have that certainty. Whereas really what we need to do is to give up those things, let go, face the uncertainty, but also face the, the Actually, excitement of what's what the jumping into gives my us. mind is <clears throat> now again it's the same chapter, you know, first chapter of Deepak Chopra's Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And then I think it's uh, well, I'm looking at it here now. What's the first chapter? It is um Oh, I can't even find this, which is typical now. It's gonna be There's a, the, uncertainty. the law of pure exactly the law of pure potentiality is is what we're talking about. But in that chapter, it's talking about the internal reference point. And your internal reference point is is talking about your true self or spirit or your ego. And and I was sort of mentioning to yourself that if your true spirit has a value of one, being your whole, your you're you're at one with your your true spirit. Then there is, there there isn't any ego. Ego is zero. So, but if your ego takes on a journey from zero to one, the more it gets closer to one, the less of your true spirit is. The less you know your true spirit. And because what's starting to happen is we're putting the clothes of ego on based on our external circumstances within our personal universe of being a, a Catholic Christian in Ireland in the twentieth. For, I don't even know what century it is. 21st 20th century. century. 21st century. But well, I was in both. That's what it was. I started off in the 20th. I'm in the 21st. And, you know, being a teenager in, 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 a, in, a, in a Christian brother school and, and in the south side of Dublin, then I'm, I'm working in a middle, in a middle class or like lower to middle class family background, then I was educated. I was going to a good school. I had clothes on my back. We weren't on the poverty line. I got an education. I was first on my extended family to go to university. That opened up other opportunities based on my friends set and all the rest. So I, put, I started putting on the garb and the clothes of ego. Oh, I'm a punk, not a mod. And for that timeline, I became an accountant, not a marketeer. I am a professional, not a tradesperson. So these were the clothes of the ego that I put on. And what became less and less important is, my, is the true inner self because what my external self was actually starting to show is you're a, a, a middle-aged man that in this profession that has 3.2 kids and, and 1.4 cars and you're going two holidays a year and, and, you and this is you you are your ego externalised and that, and that context so in terms of religion on different parts of the planet we were having a chat yesterday saying it's are Muslims right or Islamists right or are Jews right or everybody is, 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 is a product of the ego that they put on from the true spirit dressed up 
going on a journey from one to zero on the true spirit side and zero to one on the ego side and and basically becoming who we think we're meant to be as opposed to who we really are. If you stripped all ego back and everyone became true spirit and became at one with the universe and the energy field, then we're saying we are at one with ET. We are at one with any person on the planet based on the fact there is no ego. I think I think that's interesting because uh, uh, people can discover what we're discovering about the, the relationship between the material and the spiritual within their their cultural forms, their religious forms they're doing this. But what happens in those religions is that they are they're also clamped down by the materialistic and the spiritual and the material basically blocks their spiritual development. And that also happens with all all those uh, those areas. And and if they can discover through through the studies like we're doing our studies at the moment they can start to see how they become connected to the, the spiritual side of things, then then they've actually grown. They die if they become so caught up by the the materialistic elements. Like, for example, people aren't in churches, they're not in mosques, they're not in synagogues at the moment. We have to self-isolate because of the pandemic. But I believe that a lot of people are becoming very spiritual because they're, they're, they're forming... The, the the actual spiritual body as opposed to the physical body. Actually, if they're letting go building, of the ego for the moment because not they're not out there externalized yeah. as much because they're now inside a lot more and actually they're becoming more aware of themselves and their inner vice and because they're still, they're still in terms of moving less and, and if you just took the children out of the room, yeah. then they actually start to, I'm, I'm talking to myself more. I, I'm actually, I think I'm, when you externalize the voice, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to, I'm trying to talk to my inner voice, my inner spirit, and go, are you happy? Are you happy? And this is back to the knowing. So what, actually, I'm going to quote, give a quote from Julia Cameron's book, like book, and I think, I don't, I don't know if we started off with it, but it's around her terminology, which is, shadow artists are gravitating to their rightful tribe but cannot yet claim their birthright. I urge them to step forward out of the shadows and into the sunlight of creativity. And this is where, is it okay for me to stop being an accountant and start being a film producer, director, a writer? It's okay. I don't know. I'm uncertain of what's going to happen next, but I'm certain I'm not going to be an accountant, or more certain. That may change. But the uncertainty principle is actually what will let the universe flow to us to then step forward, be happy, and learn more, to know more under the heading of our true selves. So what we have to do, and as a closing piece now, is to embrace the uncertainty and also embrace the spirituality of the universe, if you like. Thanks very much for watching, That's everybody. It. I think we're coming up to the end of what we can actually record at this point. And we look forward to what is an uncertain future. Yeah. I know what I don't want. Episode. I'm uncertain what I do. But that's the fun. That's what we're looking forward to. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Do what it says on the tin and follow and share. <laughs>